heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to the kitchen table. This episode is episode number five, but it's going to be part two. Episode four was part one. This is episode five, part two. And this is a continuation of the door incident of me getting into 59 engine, the way I got in, how I fucked up tradition and have now taking my penance and being treated as such, like shit, deservingly so, because I fucked up. I've said it many times, said it many times in the last video, said it again. So, as I always like to start off with, podcast is really, truly about dealing with mental health issues. I've had to deal with a lot of mental health issues in my life from incidents that have happened from experiences that I've had, losing friends, just overall tough situations that I've put myself in on purpose, on accident, and this is how I've dealt with them. And these stories, how I dealt with the mental health issues after these stories, how they affected me mentally, depression, sadness, my biggest treatment for these issues was the kitchen table in the firehouse. And it was truly without me even knowing it because for so many years, I kept all that stress, I kept all that anger, all that depression bottled up. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't bring it to the table, so to speak, to anyone. And people would see it on me, but nobody would say anything. A couple of friends here and there would, would ask me, but I wouldn't divulge anything. I had the stigma of if a man admits that he's hurting, if a man admits that he's got problems, he's weak. From the generation before me, from my father and his fathers and, and the men around my neighborhood, you didn't talk about that shit. Men didn't talk about that stuff because it made you look weak. Well, I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I think actually talking about this shit with people that know what you're going through, with people that have been through similar situations as you, and might be feeling the same way. And when the two of you sit down and talk, or, or a bunch of you sit down and talk, I was always good in a group, and we could bounce you know, stuff off each other and how we're feeling and what's going on. And not so much like a fucking real therapy session, but just talking about a situation, go, oh man, yeah, that was fucked up. Well, how, how'd you deal with that? That just made me feel better, always, talking about it. Anytime I talked about things, I, I just would feel like a release. So if you're somebody, not just a first responder, I like to gear this podcast towards first responders, but it's not just for first responders. It's for everybody. Everybody and anyone who's felt feelings of depression, sadness, 
no self-worth, not wanting to wake up in the morning, suicidal thoughts, it's for everyone. There is help out there. Seek it. Reach out to somebody. Make a phone call. Grab a friend. Go have a fucking beer and, and talk about shit, man. Please reach out to a family member and just sit them down just for a couple minutes and I guarantee that just those couple minutes will make you feel better. Future podcasts, I'd like to talk about other avenues of what, how I've gotten through mental health issues, how I've gotten through tough times, and I call those daily disciplines and daily programs and working out and nutrition and having a program every day and sticking to it. When you have a good program and you're up early and you're doing your things and your routines, I'm a creature of habit. Once I get out of those routines, I could feel doubt and depression and anger creeping in. And that's another thing. When you hold too much in all the time and you suppress this stuff, sooner or later it comes out somehow. Whether it comes out in anger, whether it comes out in fucking alcoholism, whether it comes out in self-destructive behavior, whether it comes out in just fucking breaking down anxiety attacks or, or, or men, mental breakdown. What's the fucking phrase I'm trying to say? Just, just completely breaking down and affecting your family. Guys have fucking lost their wives and their houses and all sorts of shit because of the bad vices that they've picked up with drugs and alcohol and possibly gambling because of their suppression of mental health feelings. So all I'm trying to say is, before I get into this next story, is reach out. Reach out for somebody. There's phone numbers you can call. There's friends you can call. All right, please, tomorrow's a new day. Wake up tomorrow and make a change and start reaching out. All right, let's do this together. Build a community. All right, so I'm in 59 engine. The door incident has disappeared. If you wanna know about the door incident, watch the last one. Things are starting to ease up just a little bit, a little bit at a time. We're getting new guys in. Um, we are still going to work. Things are starting to ease up. Guys are, are, are treating me better. Now they're teaching me more. You could see that they're realizing that I wasn't a complete bag of shit, that I had fucked up once. And to this day, to this day, those fucking assholes will remind me every now and again, oh, remember how you fucking, you just showed up, asshole. But now when they say it, it's all love. Most of the guys. There is a guy or two probably that still fucking hates my guts because of the way I came into the house. What can I say? Go fuck yourself. You know, that's that. So the door incident happens. It's over with. Things are easing up. But I'm not out of the woods yet. By any means. I'm still, I'm still having to prove myself. There's a saying in the military, a hundred out of boys can be wiped out by one off shit. Right? So I'm doing attaboy after attaboy after attaboy. And nobody's going to tell you. Not too many guys are going to tell you. Yeah, great job. You're doing fucking great. Uh, you're a great guy, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to tell you that sh shit, even when you're doing a good job. They might come over and be like, all right. You know, that's, a, that's about all you get from guys that, that really don't know you or, or like you. You know, firemen have a, have a hard time fucking admitting good shit to guys. But if you fuck up, and we all fuck up, I've said it before, 
everyone fuck. You got to step up to fuck up. If you fuck up, boy, are they on top of you, man. Especially, especially if you fuck up, possibly almost gets yourself, or even worse, someone else hurt or killed, God forbid. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, if you go the wrong way in a, in a fire, or if you are in the wrong position, you bring the wrong tool, and you can't do the job, you can't do your task. I do this a lot, right? You can't do your task. They will fucking royally let you know. We're not baking cupcakes out there, people. We're fighting fire. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous job. Guys get hurt. Even when things are right, even when things go right, even when you're in the right position, even when you bring the right tools, it's unpredictable. Shit happens. But if you fuck up and, and do the wrong thing, you make things a thousand times worse. And we'll go over fire procedures one day and, and how it is on the fire floor and all that shit in another episode. But seriously, guys, will, if you're doing a great job, you don't get too many attaboys. If you're doing a shit job, you just constantly get bombarded with you're a bag of shit type of stuff. Let's go, man. Come on, you're better than this type of deal. Anyway, so I'm still not out of the woods with this, with them accepting me. And I'm, but I'm, I'm learning, I'm realizing who, who, who the guys are, personalities and who the real fucking jerk offs are and who the good guys are and who the good firemen are and who wants to be there and who's really, who you find out who hates who, you know, that have been there a while and they start going, don't listen to that guy. And that guy's a piece of shit. And they start letting you in little by little. So another incident where everything came to a head. Now I'm stressed all the time. And I was holding everything in. I wasn't talking back to anyone. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't answering like fucking bullying and shit like that. It's not that I got bullied a lot, but I was just, I was just eating it, man. I was just eating it. And I'm usually not the type of guy to, to eat shit like that. I always say something back. I always got a wise comment. Whatever, that's just, that's just the way it is. I stick up for myself, as everyone should. But I was eating this, and, I, and it was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow, man. Anytime somebody would say something to me that I felt like was disrespect, or like they talked shit to you, talked bad to you, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I remember a guy, I remember a guy when I first got there, and I'm standing in the house watching, he comes walking in, and he goes, who the fuck are you? And I go to shake his hand and I go, hey, I'm the new guy, Kenny. And I get, I didn't get Kenny out. And he goes, shut the fuck up. And he walked away from me. And I stared at him as he walked away. And I didn't say anything. But in my head, I went, you made the fucking list, motherfucker. <laughs> he turned out to be a, a good friend of mine. He turned out to be all right. But that was his way of, of letting me know that he didn't like me at the point, at that point, didn't trust me and wanted to treat me like shit. And I, I just, I fucking swallowed my tongue. Oh, I wanted to kick the shit out of him. But, you know, I didn't. But it, it turns out to be funny. We tell that story all the time. And it, it was funny. Another incident, another guy told me, how hard is this when somebody straight up tells you? You're like, yeah, I don't like you. I don't want you here. Straight up to your face. It wasn't behind my back. Hey, I, I respect that. And I went, well, I, what can I, what am I supposed to say to that? I'm, I'm going to prove to you that I'm, I'm worthy. And sure enough, 
an incident with that guy. We were out in the street and something happened with like a bus full of people. And we were supposed to board and collar a bus of people on 125th Street and we were causing a traffic jam. And some fucking dude comes zipping around 125th Street in the wrong lane, almost hits, almost hits us. I yell at him from the street and he winds up pulling over on the corner and gets out of the car and comes fucking running right at me. This big, big dude. I mean, there's a bunch of us, but this guy was a maniac. And the guy that told me that he didn't like me and didn't want me there stepped right the fuck in front of this guy, in front of me, to meet this guy head on and went fucking nose to nose to him. And he was a pretty big dude. And he was like an MMA guy too. And he was going to tear this dude's head off. And afterwards, I went, aw, I went, you, you do love me. And he was just like, shut the fuck up. And I tell him that story years later, and he didn't remember. He didn't remember. And I was like, but he was a great dude. He turned out to be a great guy. And it's good to see him on occasion at events. Anyway, let's get to the straw that broke the camel's back. Going through my shit. Now, it's also, I guess you want to say tradition, but... The hazing in the firehouse and the ball breaking in the firehouse is just, it's always going to be there. And it's supposed to be there. It teaches you things. It toughens you up. They see how much you can take. Because if you could take a lot of ball breaking in the firehouse, you could take a lot of heat, so to speak, on the fire floor. It's kind of, it coincides, believe it or not. And we'll get into that in another one. But one of the things that guys aren't supposed to do is fuck with another guy's gear. No matter how much you hate him, no matter how much he's a bag of shit, no matter how, how much anything, because when a guy puts his gear down and sets it up in a certain way, that gear is his protection in a fire. That gear could save his life. That gear could save your life, possibly. So the one thing that you don't do is fuck with another man's gear. His boots, his bunker pants, his jacket, his helmet, his gloves. Any of his gear, you just don't fuck with. If you're going to fuck with him, you fuck with him other ways. So I come into work one morning early, as I usually do. We got a bunch of new guys. I'm probably there, I don't know. Maybe like a year now, maybe a little over a year. I can't remember. Anyway, grabbing my bunker gear off the, the rack, putting it by the rig. I can't find my helmet. It's nowhere to be found. I always put it in the same spot. It, it's fucking gone. Everybody else's helmet's there. I don't know where it is. Looking around the firehouse, I'm like, think, I'm thinking, did they hang it up somewhere? Did I leave it on the rig? I never left my shit on the rig for them to hang up my gear. It's nowhere to be found. I have no idea. 15 minutes goes by, so I look back on the rack, and there's a cardboard box on the rack. And I go, what the fuck? What, what's in the cardboard box? So I pull the card. Maybe my helmet's in the cardboard box. I pull the cardboard box down, and it's a helmet, but it's smashed into about fucking 60 pieces. Smashed with the my front piece, my burned-up, salty-ass, new-guy fucking front piece in this box in a on a pile of salty fucking helmet and i i was dumbfounded i couldn't believe that my that somebody fucking crushed my helmet these guys hated me so much that somebody would fucking crush my helmet that was goes against everything the fire department stands for is you fuck with a guy's gear you didn't just fuck with his gear you crushed you crushed his helmet i was i, I was livid i saw fucking red i, I that was it i was I was done. I was either going to fucking kill somebody or they were going to fucking kill me or I was going to get fucking kicked out or I was going to transfer. Something was going to happen. This was it. I was done. This was the, the line that was over. 
I kick the fucking house watch door and there's three probies in there, you know, on the 12 by. Turn the lights on. It's like 6.30 in the morning. What the fuck happened to my fucking helmet? Da, 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 da. I'm fucking screaming at these new guys that probably had nothing to do with it, who did have nothing to do with it except cleaning it up. And they were trying to explain to me, no, it was an accident. It was an accident. This dude, he pulled his gear off the, ra- off the rack and the whole fucking rack fell down and everybody's gear and helmets went flying all over the place. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit, man. Somebody fucked it with my fucking helmet. Tell me who the fuck it was. They told me who it was. But they said it was an accident. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, all the other gear is back up there. Where, how come my helmet's fucking crushed? Turns out my helmet didn't get put back on the, on the rack. It got caught under the back wheels of the engine. And when they went out for a run, they fucking pulled out, not knowing my helmet was there, and it crushed it. Pop! Smash! Everything. They came back, they swept it up, put it in a box, and put it on the fucking rack. And never called me. Somebody could have called me. I'm still a little annoyed about that. You could have called me that my fucking helmet was crushed. I I get it that it was an accident now, but my nice, salty, beautiful fucking helmet was crushed. And it was like it was crushed my spirit when I saw that crushed helmet. I had a little pin on there that my daughter gave me of Mickey Mouse and a fireman after 9-11, like shaking hands. That pin meant everything to me, and it was gone. Because when 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 the helmet popped, the pin went fucking flying. Anyway, the helmet's crushed. So I, I, I'm just livid. The senior guy in the engine has to come down and talk me down, talk me out of it. The nicest guy you want to meet, you know, he pulls me into the into the kitchen, and it's still early, and it's just me and him. And he's like, "Do you really think somebody would fucking do that to you? Uh, are you crazy? Listen, you came in here, and we're going over shit, and and we talked for like an hour. We had a couple cups of coffee, and he really talked me down. He really made me feel good. He really made me feel. He's like, dude, that shit's over, man. It, that that." The way you're feeling about yourself is, is you. is on you now. We don't, we're not doing that to you. Nobody's going to fuck with your gear, man. And it really made me feel good. So I, I, I calmed down. I was very sad that my helmet was crushed. Your helmet, a fireman's helmet is like his resume. You know, I'm on my, this is my, that's my third helmet. Third. My first one was the, fit my head the best, saltiest, caught the most fire. This is my third one. This is, I caught, I was, a, I was an engine chauffeur most of the time. I hardly ever put that helmet on. Anyway, talks me down. Now, it's, it's getting close to change of tours. And the guy that pulled the shit off the rack isn't up yet. They had a slow night. And this bag of shit, piece of shit, didn't, didn't come down yet. And both tours of guys, the, the night crew... And the day crew were all hanging around. Nobody wanted to go home. And, you know, nobody wanted to go anyway. Even guys that had to go out on details. Everybody was just hanging around to wait to see what happened. And I couldn't ride yet. I didn't have a fucking helmet. I couldn't even ride on the rig because I didn't have a helmet. So this guy finally gets up and he thinks I'm relieving him. And I go, I can't. I'm not. I can't relieve you, bro. Thanks for, you know, pulling the shit off the rig or pulling the shit off the rack and crushing my fucking helmet, you asshole. And I wasn't like, I wasn't like going at him like angry, but I was like, yeah, thanks, asshole. And he was like, what are you talking about? I go, what do you mean? What am I talking about? You pulled shit off the rack and knocked everything over. Did you not? He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, wait a second. So everybody here is lying to me or you're lying to me that you didn't pull that shit off the the rack and my helmet didn't get fucking lodged under the engine. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, you're a fucking... You're fucking out of your mind. You're lying to me. 
And he turns around and under his breath he goes, go fuck yourself. And I went, <laughs> I went go fuck myself. And I fucking lost it. I went after him. Guys were holding me back. I'm going to fucking kill you. Ah, the, the veins were popping up. My little short ass, little angry fucking dwarf was yelling at this, this fucking dude like crazy. I go, what, are you, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Calm down for what? I ran into the kitchen. I got my, the box of helmet in a million pieces and I fucking threw it at him. Pieces of helmet went flying. The, now the captain is involved. He's a covering captain, this poor bastard. Great dude. He's a captain. He's like, Kenny, you got to calm down. Take it easy. I was like, how am I supposed to fucking calm down? This guy just told me to go fuck myself after he crushed my fucking helmet. Like, what am I supposed to do? He was like, you got to leave. Get out of here. Go to, go to Fort Totten and get a new fucking helmet. I'm like, all right. You know, I said, I left. I get in my car. I leave to go to Fort Totten and I got lost. So that made me even angrier. It was kind of before GPS and all that shit. I, I just, I had no idea where I was going. I was so mad. I had to stop and call the firehouse. I was so fucking pissed off. I figured when I got back to the firehouse, they were going to lift me. I was gone. That was it. Um, they've got their wish. I'm either going to leave or they're going to lift me. It's, it's over. You know, after the way, after what happened, he's, he's got time on that guy. I don't have any time on. The way I came in, it's over for me. I, I'm done. That was the straw. I, I couldn't take any more. I get back to the firehouse and it's fucking, you know, guys were, guys were kind of laughing about it. And, but it was, it was okay. My, the way I reacted to it, the guys were okay with it. They were like, that guy is a piece of shit. He always was a piece of shit. He always will be a piece of shit. He fucked up. You're all good. Don't worry about it. it sucks that your fucking helmet got smashed. It sucks for you. You know, sorry about that. But he, it's it's on him. It's not on you. You you could have killed the guy and or beat the shit out of him or whatever, and it would have been fine with us, because he's a fucking asshole. So, I was like, really? It's all good. And basically, they were like, yeah. They're like, it's and that kind of, not in so many words, it was kind of over. I was I was, I was now officially part of the house. I was now in. I was now fucking let in. I, they, they had given me everything that they, they could. I dug my heels in, and I was still there, even after other guys came in and left, even after all the shit that they put me through, all the shit that I could handle, I was in. They were like, all right, he's, he's done. He's had enough. All right, enough. That's enough, guys. Now it's back to just normal fireman ball-breaking shit. Let him be. And believe it or not, that helmet smashing was kind of symbolic of that stigma of everything, of the guys treating me like that, smashing it away. And me smashing away my stubbornness and now being open to all, all things and them being open to me. And it, and it changed after that. And it would, from then on, it was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. Still catching work, still fucking up every now and then. You know, everybody fucks up, but it really changed after that. Um, but true as karma is, what I b truly believe that the, the universe works in mysterious ways. What comes around goes around. That guy, he wound up getting promoted. And on his last tour, on your last tour in a firehouse, or your last 24 or something like that, in your firehouse, whether you retire, whether you get, trans uh, whether you're, uh, get promoted, not so much a transfer, but whether you get promoted. Because the transfer is... 
you know, maybe if you're going across the floor, it's different. But if you transfer to another house, guys are like, all right, you don't want to be here. We're going to, we're not going to, you take whatever position. Usually, usually if a guy's getting promoted, they'll give him the nozzle for tradition because you want him to catch his, his last, hopefully catch a fire on the nozzle, which is the best position on the fire department to be at for a, a fire is the nozzle position. Traditionally, you give that guy the nozzle, right? <laughs> so we were making the riding list and there was one guy extra. And he was the extra guy. And not only did we not give that fucking jerk off the nozzle, we sent him packing on a detail. So he spent his last tour in 59 engine in the company that he was assigned to in another firehouse. <laughs> so <laughs> go fuck yourself. There you go. I hold a grudge against that, so fuck him. So that was karma getting back to you. Well, what comes around goes around. You see how I laugh about that? And, it, and it's funny because when I was driving, we had a covering guy years later, years later, who this guy was assigned to his house. And he's like, hey, man, you know that dude? And I was like, yeah, I know that dude. And it was like silence. He goes, what do you think about that guy? I go, he's a fucking jerk off. And this guy went off on him. That guy is a piece of shit. He's a terrible fireman. He was a terrible fireman. Total asshole, drunk, fucking couldn't get him up for fucking runs, all sorts of shit. Real bag of shit. So his his reputation followed him everywhere. That guy was terrible. I flipped him off in front of a big chief one day. We were headed to the Rock, Randall's Island, for training. And we were pulling up, and he was standing. He was going to be one of the instructors, and he was standing next to this chief. And look at him. He's probably all happy. He sees his old company come rolling in. And he, and he waves like this. And I went, <laughs> and it turns out the chief goes, friend of yours? And he was like, no, no, not really. <laughs> anyway, that made me feel good. You know, little kid shit, but what comes around goes around. And, but from that point on, it was, things were good. Things were good. And I started having a real good time in, in 59. Listen, we had, we had a lot of rough patches, a lot of rough calls, a lot of shit that the stresses start differently, but the camaraderie was building. I was making friends. We were together. I was stepping up. We, we were at the firehouse. We were just breaking balls and having a blast. And the fun only got better as I got, I was there longer. And I, I, it turned out to be a great thing, a, a blessing in, the, in disguise. All that ball breaking really toughened me up to the work that we would have to do over the years and the situations that we would be in and the experiences that we would have, not just in the fire department, but in my personal life as well. So that's that story. I got a couple of years on the, on the job in 59 Engine and we will get into lots more stuff in future episodes. So that's my story. That's kind of where we are right now. Maybe I'll start getting into some fire stories, some old police stories, and I'm gonna look into shit Maybe get into some stories about how I deal with mental health on a daily basis. Some disciplines and programs that I use. And maybe it'll help. Because first responders really have a tough job. And we're just normal people who have to put, who are put in abnormal situations. When we show up to somebody's house, usually a cop, a paramedic, or a fireman, it's usually, it's usually their worst day. Like if somebody's house is on fire, I mean that's their worst day, right? At, up to that point, if a cop shows up, somebody got robbed or fucking shot or something terrible like that, 
that's got to be their worst day. A paramedic shows up and they go into the hospital because of an illness or an injury. That's probably a pretty fucking bad day. So we're always dealing with people's worst days. And we have bad days too. But how we dealt with it was by the togetherness, at least in the fire department. Sit at the kitchen table and discuss shit and get it off our chest without really truly knowing we're doing that, at least for me. Anyway, that's it for this one. Uh, like I always say, it must be true if you heard it at the kitchen table. I'll see you at the big one.